0: Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.
1: Well, getting a baby who won't sleep to get to sleep can be a huge dilemma and stress for new parents. A dilemma sometimes because there's a plethora of advice out there, uh, much of it conflicting. And it's an anxious time for parents wanting to know uh, how to get it right and at a time, of course, when they're extremely fatigued uh, and also uh, worried about uh, their baby. Baby sleep consultants Elspeth Witten and Amy Sherper are the baby sleep practitioners in Auckland. The former neonatal nurses say a big part of their work involves undoing advice from untrained consultants that has caused mothers to lose confidence in their maternal instinct. They'd like to see the sector regulated. Good morning, both of you. Good to talk to you. Good morning Catherine Good morning It's interesting, um, that advice can come many in, and many in varied ways and often even the difference between, you know, uh, if I were to be really stereotypical a mother and a mother-in-law might be completely conflicting uh, let alone uh, all the others who want to share their experience and, and support you but even from people that close to you, you can get a lot of different advice yes. What else are you seeing however about kind of professional advice if I can put it that way?
0: I guess the main thing that we see both ourselves as mothers being exposed to baby sleep information and through parents that we see when we do consultations is there is a lot of information that is angled towards behavioural interventions with babies when they're having sleep issues, particularly in the first six months. So when I talk about behavioural interventions I'm um, talking about things that basically are uh, telling parents not to respond to their baby's needs or communications to delay their responses to their baby's communications or to respond in a way that's different to what you know your baby is trying to tell you so that can look like um doing controlled crying with babies not letting your baby feed to sleep um Putting your baby to bed awake so that they will learn to self settle—all these things that go against your kind of instincts as a mother—is
1: following mm. your instincts probably the the be- <clears throat> excuse me the best advice that you can give them. Anyways, absolutely. Mm. Yeah,
2: we um, often encourage cue based cares rather than strict schedules. Um, let the baby form its own routine, um, judging by its cues. So in other words, feed it when it's hungry and give it an opportunity to sleep when it's tired. And um, those cues may be different from baby to baby. You cannot give someone a list of the tired signs that you should look for in a baby. Um, they will be unique to your baby, and it's about experimenting with your baby and finding out um, those cues. And um, babies are remarkably resilient and um, Mothers should be following their cues and building trust with their babies, and can, then they will sleep better, both mother you and baby. Can still
1: build routine? Because this is where, again, it's not extremes. I know that possibly you have in your mind things that mm. you do regard as extremes, mm. but it's a it's it's within the two extremes that the challenge can be, because. You are wanting to establish routines for everyone's sake. Mm. The question is how you go about doing that. Could you speak a bit more about your advice and experience on that?
0: Yes. So I think before we go into that, you need to kind of figure out what are people talking about when you're saying words like routine or schedule. So for me, a schedule is when you have a... um, list of set times when baby has to go down at this time of the day. And if they don't sleep for this period of time, you need to resettle them. They need to be awake from here. That kind of thing throughout the day, which when you're doing those sleeping schedules, you're inevitably also by default putting your baby on a feeding schedule, which we know can have negative outcomes for babies. At the other scale of things, you have um, the term routine, which... It can be a really positive thing. Developing a baby-led routine is what is the ideal here. And the easiest way to do that is starting from when you have a newborn baby, as Amy was saying, basically responding to your baby's communications as best you can, as promptly as you can, letting your baby regulate its own feeding and sleeping, so not putting them on feeding or sleeping schedules. And most importantly, trying to be as relaxed as you can, enjoy the time with your baby, because that's going to help reduce the anxiety that's so natural to build up to quite high levels in those early months for mothers. All of those things together can help babies just naturally develop their own routine, which makes life easy for everyone.
1: It's a routine with some some flexibility. It's a Mm. routine that is cue-led rather than forced. Absolutely. And it sounds like dream time, and it it doesn't always... Happen like that. What gets in the way, mm. uh, including sometimes the fatigue and stress even, and in the, in the, in the way that can be communicated between uh, mother and baby in particular? It's but
2: anxiety what... that builds up when mothers follow rules um, instead of their instinct. Um, and they're sitting there patting and shushing a baby um, because the schedule says to, so to put their baby to sleep at 9am, 9 not 9.15, when in fact if they just follow their baby's cues... Um, the mother does and, and doesn't watch the clock. Um, the, the mother feels a lot more relaxed, can more easily see those cues, and will put the baby down when they are actually tired. Has fed the baby, so there is no barrier of um, hunger, because often the advice is you cannot feed or rock your baby to sleep, because then you'll get into bad habits, and it's all this type of scaremongering that sends mothers onto a spiral of anxiety, and that's why we don't particularly like schedules. We'd prefer mothers just to relax and be easy on themselves we don't always get it right every time Um, so you know even the most attentive mothers will miss 20% of their baby's cues and that's okay That's that's what I'm talking about experimenting with your baby and things will get easier.
1: Having a case though where you really are struggling to get into what we might call a good routine which is as Mm. we said not rigid but but there's a pattern to the to, to the day Flexible or otherwise, there's a pattern today where everyone can get what they need, right? Yeah. Um, What can often get in the way of that that's underlying? You've mentioned the anxiety. That might be one thing, and you can get Mm. into a vicious cycle where you're more tired, you're more anxious, and that's being conveyed. But there are other matters as well. If you've got what might be called a you know, a poor sleeping baby or a baby who won't sleep or a baby who won't settle and it really is impacting on your welfare, what mm. are some of the things that can be going on that you might want to get some advice on or help with?
0: Yes. So I guess if you have a baby that is particularly unsettled, the first thing that you want to look at is that there's no um, medical diagnosis or element that is impacting your baby's sleep and most often that is in the form of unidentified feeding issues with a baby and of course if a baby is having trouble feeding that's going to make the baby quite stressed and the ongoing effects from that will impact their sleep and mother's stress and anxiety levels as well. A lot, so a lot
2: of the um, outdated advice around
0: feeding is labelling babies
2: with colic or reflux, and this is just a great example because um, mothers feel that once their babies have been given that label, that there's nothing they can do about it, but um, see it through. And we know now that there's so much more that you can do to help with these types such of situations. As what? Um, well, you need to really be working within your scope of practice and know when you need to refer on to specialists. And that's what we're talking about, underlying feeding problems, um, where you might need a lactation consultant to help you um, come up with strategies
0: with the feeding to make it more comfortable and, and easy for everybody. But actually, what can happen is when babies are unsettled and they have high crying and fussing levels, often they'll go to their GP to rule out any medical element. And when babies are given a medical label to their unsettled behaviour, that can actually further exacerbate the unsettled behaviour because it makes parents anxious and they can sometimes focus the cause of that on that medical diagnosis, when in fact we find that when you come from an approach where you're trying to keep baby as calm as possible... And looking at their uh, sympathetic nervous system, keeping them calm and in rest and digest. So, again, it all comes back to feeding on demand, responding to your baby's cues as promptly as you can. Those kind of things are going to help babies be as settled as they can in those early months.
1: Sometimes what's called colic is possibly just digestive. Um, upset because because um, we things haven't settled well. Is that which is saying? Yes, it's, yeah, um,
2: neurological and digestive sensitivity, mm. which is um is common in newborns. So mm. and, and can be um I guess made worse if there is underlying feeding issues on top of that. Well, um,
1: speaking of the underlying feeding issues, is this sometimes also related to wakefulness and to crying and to unsettled? Which, as you say, um, I mean sometimes mums will obviously know if feeding is not going well with them, right? But but on mm-hmm. other occasions, may it just be that babies are very hungry, and again, could that be uh, an issue to go back to cause and, and perhaps get some help with feeding? Or, uh, well, uh, I
2: think it comes back again to schedules. If we're not reading our baby's cues and feeding them when they're hungry, well, then that can actually end up with unintended outcomes, such as mothers not having enough milk, milk to feed their baby, and then you end up with a hungry baby that is going to wake a lot in the night and want to be fed. So again, it's just really quite simple. Follow your baby's cues.
1: What of parent fatigue? How do you approach this? Because, as we said, apart from getting the conflicting advice, any advice can drive you mad mm. when it doesn't appear to be working and you're exhausted. Um, and, you know, what are some of your advice? What works in trying to help someone who is very, very tired uh, and struggling to process any of this, actually?
2: Um, therapeutic communication skills, really. Um, I think when you listen to mums, um, this empowers them to come up with their own solutions for their baby sleep problems because they know their baby the best. But um, we're there as baby sleep practitioners to encourage them to find these solutions that's comfortable and um, fits with their parenting style because really it doesn't sort of matter what strategy you choose, but just one that you actually are comfortable with and can follow through with.
0: And what can also help parents when they are absolutely exhausted and they're trying to work through how they can help with their babies crying and fussing and feeding challenges is to actually forget about the sleep or worrying, trying as best you can, to stop worrying about how much sleep their baby's getting and actually just simply make the focus of your day about enjoying your day with your baby, getting outside, having social contact, because we all know when your baby is crying and fussing a lot it's very easy to get stuck into the cycle of staying at home trying to settle your baby and not going out and that social isolation again exacerbates anxiety and stress which has that on flow on effect to your baby
1: i mentioned earlier about how um sometimes um you've got people wanting to give their own experience and that's out of love. And, you know, the Mm. the challenge with that is you can be hearing one thing from one person and one thing from another. Is there also a real issue with parents who simply don't have anyone who is uh, able to support them through this really emotional, stressful, physically tiring time? Uh, And is that another problem in some ways? They're looking for advice because we've kind of lost some of those connections.
0: Yes, yeah, there is... Absolutely, a lot of parents that haven't got that social support and also that have had no experience with a baby ever. And that's where it is really sad when they're going to try and seek information to help themselves and all the information out there is just really poor quality and teaching them to go against their instincts, put their babies on schedules, not respond to their baby's communications As they would want to and it really disempowers parents and that's often the families that we see.
1: Have both of you got backgrounds in neonatal units? uh, Yes. Yeah okay. What is it that so I can I can hear just below the surface a considerable (laughs) amount of frustration. Um, Are you actually at the point where there seems to be so many consultants out there whose advice you you personally and professionally disagree with and find um, dubious. Are you Mm -hmm. actually suggesting there should be a regulation of anyone who's professionally labelling themselves an advisor?
0: Yes, we do. At the moment, the baby sleep industry is completely unregulated. So anybody can go and say that they're a baby sleep expert and, and start working with families. So yes, we absolutely think it needs to be regulated. And where we... What we see that looking like is that anyone that is working with families and babies needs to be a trained health professional with specialised skills with parents and babies. And not only that, but be working within their scope of practice. So there's a trained health professional who like ourselves that with a neonatal nursing background and there's a trained health professional who say as a physiotherapist if a physiotherapist is going in and helping families with their infant sleep and maternal mental health they're working out of their scope of practice
1: um, whereas, I suppose the only yeah. thing I'm hearing is, and there's been so much, I'm, I'm scared to bring the word out, but so much debate about the medicalising of childbirth and child rearing. And are you at risk of falling back into it again? The only person who can give you support and advice has to be some kind of qualified professional.
0: No, well, the thing is, when people have the skills and the knowledge in this area, we're not medicalising it. We're actually bringing it back to quite simple approaches and information and support for parents that is working with their baby's basic needs and their own instincts and building their confidence. And it's when people aren't educated enough and don't have those skills that that it does go in the other direction of overcomplicating simple This is when the outdated advice um, fits in quite
2: nicely actually because our job as uh, nurses and medical professionals is to look at the um, up-to-date research and the information that is out there and decide what is current and what is not and, and, and what fits with this mother and baby or or in, in the family
1: unit and what doesn't. Um, on that note, I've got one question I want to slip into you. What about with twins? Do they need a routine? <laughs> and again, we've, we've used routine with different emphases, right? Do they need a, a routine and presumably a more regular, less flexible routine, this is being intimated? Otherwise, the parents will never get a break from a nana who didn't use a strict routine but didn't have twins.
0: Right. Well, as we were saying earlier... A baby-led routine is great. When you develop a baby-led routine, you've been working with your baby and building your two-way communication and trust, and that's what's vital, and that is what's going to help you have a contented and well-balanced baby and toddler. So, yes, routine can be helpful, because if you're doing a baby-led routine, you're working with your baby, and that's great. A strict routine for twins to help them sleep better I say in quotation marks, um, often will actually cause babies to be more unsettled in the long run.
2: It's, it's quite unfair to expect um, to place that kind of expectation on a mother with twins who um, barely has time to make herself some lunch um, and, and as we see that with um, families of more than one child, um, usually the second and third or fourth baby will sleep much better than the first and that's because they're yeah, um, experimenting and follow their cues, and they don't have time to think about it really.
1: What What is the time and what Do we still fund support, by the way, for mothers? Uh, from memory, it was if you had four under five, you you've got some weeks of of um, full time support. Does that system still happen? Ah, uh, yes. I think I believe it's um, three under five. Yes. Three under five. Okay. Hey, thank you both of you. Thanks very much, baby sleep consultants Elspeth Whitten and Amy Sherpa